0: One, basic hip.
1: Welcome to the Jazz Session. I'm Jason Crane. The Jazz Session is presented by AllAboutJazz.com, the web's leading source for jazz news, reviews, MP3 downloads, and more. The Jazz Session is also available for free at TheJazzSession.com and in iTunes. Today's guest is saxophonist, flutist, composer, band leader Sam Rivers from his album with the Riv-B Orchestra Aurora this is Sam's tune Arcs <laughs> My guest is multi instrumentalist, composer, band leader, Sam Rivers, and I have to say I really like the sound of that. Sam, it's a real pleasure and honor for me to talk to you and I thank you for being on the show.
0: Thank you, it's my pleasure.
1: In recent yes. years, you've uh focused on the Rivby Orchestra and your trio, but certainly the Rivby Orchestra has been one of your your primary musical vehicles. Can you talk a little bit about what appeals to you about writing for large ensembles?
0: Well, it's it's uh, something that I've been doing now since uh, the late '50s. I have uh, my, my 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 I started writing then when I was in Boston. I was living in Boston and I had um, had this good job there, um, just uh, transcribing. Uh, you know, it's a uh, kind of a job that um, I was working for this uh, this uh, music uh, firm that you know it says send us your send us your lyrics and we will put music to it. So I was doing that for it was quite comfortable. Living, I was writing the music for these different uh, lyrics that came in, and I was very adept at that. You know, sometimes I mean, some of the, uh, you know, some of the music was a little too too advanced for the uh, for the people to send in. So I had to rewrite a lot of, lot of. Uh, sometimes, you know, they were we would record it and everything had a singer, just, <laughs> the whole thing, you know, and send back the uh, send back the, the finished product to the people that, that sent it in, and they were, you know, and then it was up to them to to feel it out to see if they could get it, um, you know, and to get it recorded. It was a major company so then I was writing I was doing all this and then so I'm then I was I started writing for um, for a lot for, for ar- orchestras for, for jazz orchestras jazz bands and orchestras and um, so I was writing and I, 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 I had uh, written about uh, maybe 30 or 40 compositions and so I had a problem you know getting getting musicians together because all the good musicians in, in Boston they were all busy all the time so I mean so I um. Fortunately, I, I was I had taken a, I was working here working there also in, 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 in a club called Louis Lounge, and that's where a lot of musicians, a lot of rock and roll and uh, rhythm and blues, not not rock and roll, blues and, and rhythm and blues singers came in, and, and try, you know I backed them up there, and like uh, people like uh, Maxine Brown and uh, Wilson Pickett and and, uh, and and quite a few other people and 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 uh, also um, T Bone Walker. So I mean I went. So T Bone Walker, he he, he wanted me to go out on the road with him. So I went out on the road with him for for a while. Out in the, from they they were staying with Bragg's Brags group out in Saginaw, Michigan. So we traveled around like that. This was in 1964. And so while I was out on on, on well, I, I also been working in, in in Boston too. Very very complicated. I were working you know one two nights here and two nights there. So I was working in in Boston with my with uh, with my group was a young drummer named Tony Williams was in the group. We were working in, in, in a place near near Harvard, uh, Harvard Square. He's, uh, Jackie McLean came in town and he heard Tony playing, and so uh, he, Tony set in with him, of course, and so, uh, so and, and so and so Jackie McLean hired him, and so uh, he he left uh, he left Boston with, with Jackie McLean, and he was uh, playing in, in in New York. And Miles Davis came out to hear him with uh, Philly Joe Jones. And so he called me up and said, "You know, Miles came in to hear me last night. Man, I, was the voice I ever sounded—I sounded terrible. <laughs> it's really Joe Jones's there. And so, and so, right after that, you know, Miles called him and said, "Yeah, I want you to join the band." <laughs> so that was it, just like that. So we had done some things together. We'd done some some some, some tapes and stuff. Tony was always telling Miles, "Why don't you?" I want you to hear this, Miles, said, okay, later, 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 so finally I mean, Miles just got tired of pushing, I want you to hear this tape, so finally he did, Miles heard it and said, wow, yeah, where is he, call him, tell him to come right over, <laughs> and so I have the telegram still here, I was out on the road with T-Bone Walker, and Miles, uh, Tony sent me the telegram, and said, Miles wants you to join the band, come, from, come to New York right away, so I left uh, T-Bone Walker and went to join Miles Davis in New York, like that, and, and that's what happened, but um. I had I just gone. I really hadn't uh, I hadn't gone there to, uh, to to stay, you know. But then after this is such a hard hard situation, getting musicians together in Boston, so I, I decided to uh, go to go to New York because there were quite a few musicians there that weren't working, and and so that's what I did. And well, I, I toured with Miles for for a short time, about six months or so, Japan and, and a lot of other places like that. When I got back, I moved to New York with my family and. Uh, and so I, I, I moved up in, in Harlem for a while there on Twenty Fourth Street. It was very nice at that time, nineteen sixty four. Right away, I went immediately getting getting a group together, and then and, and, and formed a formed a a group, you know, like uh, for, for musicians. I mean, a jazz group, and uh, didn't have any place to rehearse, so we rehearsed it at a, at, a, at a high school. Uh, at, uh, at, uh, the name of it was Mike Lloyd Bethune. Someone 137, somewhere like that. And so I mean, they let us play from we rehearsed there from from, from like a, from from like from, from from five to seven or something like that. And uh, all we had to do, I mean, was to play play a free concert for the school, you know, every now and then. So that was a good thing there. But uh, we we stayed there for about uh, maybe three or four, five, six months. But then that was a um, that was a problem because you know the guys couldn't couldn't really relax. You couldn't smoke in there, and you couldn't bring a beer or anything. It's school, you know, so I, and 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 then they had to quit early. So I decided to look for a place, and the place I found was downtown um, on 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 Lower East Side at uh, on on East East uh, East uh, East, uh, East Second Street. It was um, Bond Street, and so I, I was talking there, and it's a uh, and so I got I, I got it, it was a. Um, it was um, an actor's mother. I, I forget his forget, you know, so. name. It was
1: Robert De Niro's mom, right?
0: Robert De Niro's mother, right. Yeah, you got thanks for <laughs> Things running over. So, yeah, and so I, I, I got in there, and then and, and so and then then I started uh, started doing concerts for my music. And as a matter of fact, it was a good time for me to go to New York because at that time, a lot of other musicians were coming to New York from St. Louis and from, from California and from um, Chicago, and you know, all these musicians were coming at the same time. So, it was easy to get, uh, you know, get get a, a really good good band at that time. Anthony Braxton, George Lewis, and um, all the people out of out of out of Hammond, out of out of Chicago, out of, and some musicians out of St. Louis. Yeah, I was
1: going to ask you about that. It seems like the, the, the loft you know, scene, which really sprang out of what you were doing and the yeah. whole kind of Rivby Studios thing, it seems like that was almost like a perfect storm. It was just everybody in the right place at the right time, and somebody, in this case you, had the idea you know, to put these loft concerts together. It's almost like all the exact, the exact pieces that you needed were all there at one time. <laughs>
0: It really just fell right into place like that, and then, and then there was I I didn't think of it that way until later, you know, I mean, all these things were happening, and all the musicians, I mean, went on to do great things on their own, you are like, this was, I'm proud to have been a part of it, and so that was it, so
1: I know uh, in the early 70s, uh, kind of coming back to the the large ensemble idea, that uh, you recorded an album, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's called Crystals, is that right? The yeah, kind of large? right. Crystals, yeah. Uh, yeah big band. Yeah. That's right. And um, can you talk a little bit about uh, kind of how your, how your big band writing has evolved uh, over the years? I mean, you've certainly covered a ton of ground, uh, you know, stylistically, I would say. And in your current writing, to me, it sounds like, uh, there's a lot of kind of groove at the root and a lot of really advanced harmonic structure on top. Is that a fair way to describe it? That's a fair
0: assessment, yeah. I, was, I think that if you're going to be a good composer or an arranger, you have to really have great knowledge of harmony, and the way you get that is by playing piano, because, you know, pianists, I mean, they have the best ideas of, of, of harmony on piano. So that, my knowledge of piano is just. So I got my, my 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 composing and arranging ideas from, and I was doing that for a while. And then I, I after a while I I, I I more or less evolved into I mean like uh, not using any any kind of uh, any kind of piano or anything like that because I was I was traveling on the road. I mean and, and so a lot of times I mean I was traveling and um, so I was I'd go to my hotel room and I'd be writing in the room without and so i mean i never thought anything of it until some of the guys came in and uh, see me sitting there and said man he's writing without a piano writing music without a piano <laughs> you know i didn't think anything of it until they mentioned it that it's pretty odd for a person to sit and write without a piano but that was a good day. for me i thought of it this way that um, you know writing with the piano is, is 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 harmonic and melodic but it's very limiting because you know like the ear is very limiting compared you know so i mean Without the ear and just using my brain, you know, just using my my knowledge of, of of harmony and things like that coming from my brain without the sound, you know, was it advanced me very much. I mean, that was very advanced because, I mean, I would never, you'd never be able to, I mean, to to write the way I'm writing if you're just sitting down the piano trying to figure out the chords. No, it's more like a, it's more like a, it's a mental kind of process, you know, you know, like that. So that's the way I'm. That's for why my my harmonies are the way they are because. I'm not using the piano anymore. I mean, sometimes I use the piano when I'm doing something melodic, or sometimes some kind of ballads. But when I'm doing my, my regular, regular harmonies, I mean, it's um, it's more like uh, just uh, you know from from a mental process that I that did I, I write that way. And so that's that's where I, that's where I'm, I'm still doing it now. I have uh, about uh, 300 compositions that are ready, and I have about uh, uh, the same amount, 300 uh, themes uh, thematic, uh, Material enough for another maybe three hundred compositions. So I probably won't finish before in in my lifetime. Anyway, so I mean I'm very fortunate to have this talent.
1: You know I I really I want people to understand that the the volume of music that you've written and I think you know correct me if you think this is unfair but it seems to me like in some ways you've kind of been pigeonholed into the this free label and. Um, I think maybe that makes people overlook, to some degree, the composer that you are. I mean, there's, and it, which is also not to say that the music you play in the more freestyle also does not have compositional elements in it. But, I mean, you've you've written so much music that it's, it's it would be a shame to characterize you as just a free blower, because that's really, that's just a small part of who Sam Rivers is, as far as I'm concerned. Well,
0: yeah, well, I, I, I in Boston, I came up, I mean, Jackie Byard and people like that, we were in the same band together. And I came up traditional. I didn't, uh, you know, and I went. With my, I was with Miles Davis, you know, and and they were playing blues with uh, T Bone Walker. I mean, that thing like that. And so, I mean, it's um, it's you know. So uh, I, I, and then I went to the thing. With, to what 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 made, made gave me that the reputation of being free was when I I joined Cecil Taylor. I was with Cecil Taylor about four or five years, you know. And then after that, I mean, uh, then then after that, I joined Digital uh, Gillespie later on. And when I joined Dizzy Gillespie, the people that, that didn't know, I mean, they would say, Sam, it was Dizzy Gillespie. He's not going to last that long coming with that free stuff. <laughs> well, you know, they didn't they, you know, it. Did so, and so I mean, how God was telling me that how, how the guys are laughing about him. I'm not going to last a week with Dizzy Gillespie. But that's where I came from. You know, that, that's why I like throwing a the, throwing the rabbit bag in a briar patch. No, I a rabbit. But that's what I I am from the blues. I came up in the blues. I mean, my mother and father were also spiritual. I mean, they were spiritual gospel singers and so. It's, it's, the blues is pretty much you know, my main thing, main state. And so, like I said, I mean, uh, if I hadn't if I hadn't uh, devised a kind of a uh, way of writing without the piano, I would never have. Uh, it's it's impossible for the ear to hear things like the you know the mind is far more advanced than the ear. So, you know, I would never have been able to reach this kind of uh, uh, the kind of heights that I've reached with if I had been trying to work these things out on the piano. It's just because you don't hear these kind of things on the piano. And so I mean, I hear things sometimes now that I've written, and I have to go back and look at the score to see what I really did. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just that interesting. You know? <laughs> so it's, so I mean, I'm still doing those kind of things. Like, said, like, I you know, I'm at a place now where I'm, I'm fearless. I mean, wherever I write, is I mean, it's it's going to sound good. You know, and so like that. plus I mean, it's. Uh, I'm, and I, I devise this kind of method of writing where it's the beat, the rhythm, you know, the rhythm with it. So you pretty much can, whatever you play, I mean, as long as the rhythm is there, you know, I mean, you can pretty much do anything over, over it, you know, like that, you know. And so that that's that's pretty much where I am. I can do all kind of crazy things on, I mean, free and things like that, but as long as it's over the rhythm like that. And then it's, um, it's, 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 it's the difference between, um, between, I mean, uh, you know, like classical music, which is, I mean, like uh, European concert music as opposed to American concert music. European concert music is uh, is one like uh, a symphony is like uh is, is like a, a, a one story, you know, uh, you know, like you know, it's, it's, it's a whole a whole book, you know, that's one symphony. But but uh, jazz composition is more like it's more more ritual. And so the symphonies, I mean, you know, you read a book. I mean, there's no repetitions, but you read a poem, and that's what—that's what—that's the difference between jazz and 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 concert music for me. One is a poem, more than one of poems, and the other is a, a, a story, a long story, like the, Iliad and the Odyssey or something like that. But it's a long story, and jazz is more like repetition, part of the ritual of a, of a, you know, of a, you know, like the, the the rhythm is is is, is, is just as just as important I mean well, as in my, I think I get the same in symphony but the symphonies I mean you notice I mean they they, they play maybe 8 bars and they change and they play 15 bars and they change it's very interesting for me because I mean I said it cause when I went to school there wasn't any any jazz courses it was all on the classical and so I, I said it on, on Alan Hovhaness. he was a a, a great composer He's, I mean, and that's, so I mean it's I understand the, the differences and the, the modulations and, and staying in one key. on I mean, symphonies is completely changing every 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 like four, two, three minutes if that long, <laughs> you know, like that. When as opposed to the to the jazz compositions, which uh, stay in one thing and 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 the hypnotic things, it's, it's more like the ritual and it's more like uh, it's more like ceremony, like. Yeah, you know, yeah, you, you, you understand what I'm saying, Jason? Yeah, like that.
1: absolutely. Yeah. And it's very interesting to me. Uh, Alan Hovhaness is one of my all-time favorite composers, and I actually didn't yeah. know that you studied with him. But now that you mm-hmm. say that, I mean, he himself was—he seemed to combine in the way that you just described both accessibility and adventurousness, and the same right, way that right, you just yeah, described I mean, putting, right. you know, putting adventurous harmony over, in your case, over these really, uh, you know, yeah. incredibly grooving rhythms. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, it seems like that's a that's a really useful way to both connect mm-hmm. with the audience's gut and their head sure. at the same time,
0: right? Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: Is is making that kind of connection to your listeners important to you? Is is really connecting with the people who are there uh, to hear your music? Is that a big part of uh, of what you why you write the way you write?
0: The idea of any artist, I mean, is to, to to get an emotional contact with the audience. I mean, to even I mean, it's the idea of I mean, being able to I mean. To, i mean to 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 arouse some certain kind of emotions in the in the listeners as as looking at a painting or on or mm-hmm. a poem or, or, or a good actor you know so these the emotions uh, what you what they feel it's not about oh he did these, this this intellectual thing here it's not about that with listeners they're listening for the emotional impact they want to feel something and so and that's the way i look at it and that's why i mean the um uh, I mean like the to pop music i mean it's always it's all feeling i mean not not too much intellect but it's all feeling you know i mean it's that and so i mean so you don't become a musician musician, i mean playing pop music you know you may get rich of course, but you know come you know you know what i mean it's a it's a different thing i mean so it's so you get more recognition from trying to be emotional plus i mean intellectual too and so these these two things is is uh, what I, I think most uh, most uh, most artists uh, are trying to do rather than, uh, I mean, it's, of course, I mean it's uh, we're a commercial, a commercial country here, and uh, you don't have to do these kind of things in Europe. I mean, if you're if you're if you're a composer, you don't have to worry about making a living because I mean you're part of the state, and the state will take care of you like that. As long as you compose, you know, and, uh, Cuba too, you know. And so it's but here, I mean, you have to make money, so I mean that means that you have to. Cut down on in your uh, you know and your aspirations so much as well, if I do this i lose I'll lose an audience or I will never get an audience and so but I never really thought that way. I said well, I mean I never even thought about money I mean if you think about money i mean <laughs> it, it it's just it's a little it's hard to, to explain this I mean if you think about money i mean it's just, uh, you have a, you have a different kind of a censorship in your in your writing well I can't do this because it may not sell. and you know blah blah blah, you understand and so it's a very different way of looking at it i never i, I I was lucky that, that, that I didn't make you know, manage to make a living. I mean, uh, you know, partially, <laughs> but I mean, it wasn't because I mean I, 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 I didn't. I, I never stooped to conquer in a sense because I was, I was always doing my best. Besides that, I played with. I, I am the only musician in history that has performed with all the leading uh, major con- contributors to jazz, blues, rhythm and blues. I want God, you know. and There's no other musician that's done that. I have played with BB King and with Jimmy J- Jimmy Hendrix. I mean, with D- Dizzy Gillespie and and you uh, know, uh, with Cecil Taylor and, and with Miles Davis. There's no other musician that's really coming any close to been able to 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 to, to fashion his style and to to, to to perform with these different. Style of musicians. I'm the only one that's done that. Yeah, I was gonna so, I mean, say
1: I, I don't think there's too many other guys whose resume reads T Bone Walker to Miles Davis to Andrew Hill. I mean that's <laughs> Andrew
0: Hill and Cecil Taylor. <laughs> yeah. Cecil Taylor? Yeah, I mean <laughs> I, 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 I,
1: I don't think there's a lot of guys out there with all those all three or four of those acts on their I don't, uh, on their I room.
0: don't I don't know anyone myself. <laughs> I think I stand out by myself there. I haven't you know, so I I, I, I I never thought of it before, you know. But I, I when I was saying with uh, Cecil Taylor, I mean I mean, uh, Jim Hendrix wanted me mean, to go with him when I was playing with Cecil Taylor. So I mean, we were jamming together, you know, and, and I would jam with Jim, Jim Hendrix and playing with Cecil Taylor. I mean, that that's how, how rare can you get. I mean, you uh. know.
1: Uh, I know when you were with Dizzy you, you traveled to Orlando, Florida which is where you now make your home <clears throat> and on the face of it that sounds like an insane place to go for someone like you but it sounds like you, you have landed in or created exactly the musical community you need to do what you're doing now I mean you you've just pulled every available guy and it created this incredible band Has 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 it surprised you everything you were able to achieve since moving to Orlando or is that what you expected when you moved there?
0: well I, I didn't really i didn't know i really i really didn't know, but I mean I knew that there were, I mean, well the the musicians came out to when I, when I came here with uh, was dizzy and, they, and they, we we had dinner together and they were saying you know that uh, i'm saying i'm 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 tired of New york it's too cold, I'm freezing and everything he says, well, you know we have a, a, quite a few musicians here, and if you come down here there's a band waiting for you to play your music and so <laughs> I took them up on that, in the cover, and a month or so later, I was I was here in uh, I was here in, in, in Orlando, and it really worked out well because first rehearsal. I mean, the guys were out, I was coming in, and everybody was there waiting, sitting, in the chair, ready to go. You know, I said, "Whoa, this is not like New York. <laughs> New York, you have to sit around and wait." And the guy, well, New York is different. You know, they're all all stars up there, you see. and these guys down here are all teachers. It's a different different uh, different mindset. You know, everybody in the group pretty much has a professor, a professors, you know, music, music professor, and so. then this is this is for them. This is a when you're teaching. I mean, you know, teaching is is is, uh, is 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 a very, 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 very hard profession. Very, very for me. I, I find it very, very dull. not dull. But I find it very brutal. I mean, <laughs> you know, teaching. It's it's not it's not an easy, easy occupation. And, And I think people should understand it. I mean, you know, the teaching is what, in other countries, I mean, they're most respected, especially in Japan, the most respected people in in, in society are the teachers, you know. But here, I mean, they just pretty much stepped on. For me, I mean, I I taught in a lot of places, but I find it very difficult, and it's hard to, to compose, I mean, and teach at the same time. And you know, so, but uh, but uh, most of the guys, they're managing to do it, but they don't have time to write. They don't have time to do you know, do their own thing, in a sense, because they're teaching. I mean, the teaching does take a lot of time. Besides, not not only teaching, you also, I mean, it's psychological help for the students too. You know, a lot of students have have psychological problems, and so you got to help them too. So it's. Uh, it's not You gotta be a father and a, and a teacher You know A parent And a teacher To a lot of these students So it's a very it's, it's, not an, it's not an easy occupation I mean that's, uh, They should be getting More money I, I think myself So <laughs> my,
1: it sounds like You're probably Playing your music As a real release For a lot of these guys Right?
0: It is, it is, it, it, that's it, that's it, they come, I mean, it's not about the money at all, they come, I and mean, we rehearse, you know, we, we play, we play a lot of concerts, but when the are rehearsing, I mean, they come, I mean, they're calling me up when, for the next rehearsal, you know, we, heard, we rehearse, I I've been I've been down here over 10 years, and we rehearse every week, and then I'm in town, we rehearse, you know, every 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 Wednesday, tomorrow night, I mean, we rehearse, we play a lot too, I'm playing a concert, uh, you can check my, uh, my, my site, and my, my, it's the SamRivers.com, and it gives, me, gives you all the information of where, where, we, where we're going to be.
1: Speaking of places where you could be, when I, uh, when I told folks that I was interviewing you, uh, one of the listeners uh, to my show uh, wrote in to say that uh, the city of Pittsburgh needs a, a serious dose of Sam Rivers. So uh, I'm, just, I'm putting it out there to you that uh, Pittsburgh is waiting with open arms for, uh, for a Sam Rivers show at some point.
0: Well, I have a friend up there, a professor of music at, at the university, Professor Nathan Davis. You know, I played with him, and he's in Pittsburgh. So, I mean, I think I'll give him a call, because, I mean, I have I, I, been through that. I'm trying to think who I went through that with. I'm not sure who it was. It might have been with his big band.
1: I was going to say, knowing you, I'm sure you've been there
0: with somebody yeah, yeah, at some there. time. I'm sure I, you've been I, everywhere. I've been, <laughs> there. I've, been there. Yeah, I've been there a few times. That's, that's mellum country, isn't it? That's right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, my guest is Sam Rivers, uh, just uh, one of the most uh, prolific and and creative and diverse musicians uh, in any genre of music, uh, jazz or otherwise. And uh, Sam, it's been a real honor for me uh, to spend some time with you here, and I thank you again for coming on the Jazz Session. That's Sam Rivers and the Riv-B Orchestra. You've been listening to The Jazz Session. I'm Jason Crane. The Jazz Session is presented by AllAboutJazz.com, the web's leading source for jazz news, reviews, MP3 downloads, and more. Every episode of The Jazz Session is also available for free at TheJazzSession.com and in iTunes. The Jazz Session has an email mailing list, which is a great way to win free music, and you can sign up for it at TheJazzSession.com. If you're on Facebook, there's a group for the show. You can just search for The Jazz Session in the Facebook search box, and you'll find it, and I give away music there, too. The theme music for this show is by the Respect Sextet online at respectsextet.com. Thanks also to Dave Vrabel, who designed the Jazz Sessions logo. The Jazz Session is distributed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivative works, 3.0 United States license, and you can learn more about what that means and how you can use it at thejazzsession.com. Thanks so much for listening. Please support live jazz whenever and wherever you can, and come back next time for another conversation about jazz on The Jazz Session. listening everybody bye bye bye